all right, I've got to pee so bad. I cannot hold it in. I've got to go really bad. Usually, okay. I'm the one who has to go to the bathroom, but yeah, I have to go as well. I yeah, always have I, to pee. Yeah, that big gulp on the subway was not a good idea. Oh, I told you, 7-Eleven, man. It always yeah. gets us in the end. Yeah, yeah. So, now, did you see that? I saw this guy go down this hallway. Do you think the bathroom's down here? It might be. That, that was a weird-looking dude. Like it, I mean, it's hot in here. I had to take my jacket off, but... That motherfucker was wearing a trench coat and everything. Well, we are, you know, we are in New York, so maybe he's like, you know, a flasher. We can, we can only hope. I was just going to wonder, like, is he going to flash us as we round this corner here? I don't know, but I've really got to pee, Rob. We really oh, need to hurry up. Uh, what am I? Oh, this floor is filthy. Why disgusting. do we always seem to step in, like, filthy stuff? I don't know. Thank God I wore shoes. Oh, this smell, though. What is the smell, Rob? This is disgusting. It, it kind of smells like ass mixed with other ass on top of ass. With a little bit of ass sprinkled in? Yeah, lots of ass. What is that? Oh, what is on the ceiling, Rob? Holy Rob? shit. <laughs> How do you do that? Can you, I, I mean, either somebody is a squirter and laid on the floor and aimed that at the ceiling so it could hang it like a stalagmite or a stalactite, whatever it was. But wow, that that's a... You literally have to, like, cartwheel and crap at the same time to make that happen. <laughs> Did you ever see some shit like this? No, this is disgusting. That's oh, a lot of shit. so bad. I can't, oh, and I'm pee shy. I've got to find a stall. i got to find a stall. See, I can't pee and talk at the same time, so. There's only that one stall, and that guy is in the stall. I'm, I'm going to piss in the sink, man. Uh, it's already dirty in here anyway. Everything is Yeah, they peed on the ceiling. Was the sink piss going to help matter? <laughs> Oh, man, I can't go. I see shoes under the stall, and it's like he's going to listen to me pee. I, I can't do it. He's coming out. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, what's up with his face? Oh, shit. What the heck? What is up with his face? It's like he's wearing a mask. Oh, my God. It's coming apart. His face is coming apart. Oh, crap. Dude, run. 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 Oh, shit. It's got wings. Three years ago, a team of brilliant scientists found a way to stop a deadly disease. Now, the cure they created has taken on a life of its own. So you think your little Frankenstein's got the better of you? There's some weird stuff here. Lots of it. They all died in the lab. But you let them out. Evolution has a way of keeping things alive. Sometimes it will evolve to mimic its predator. They are breeding. Whatever it becomes, it destroys. Peter, these are lungs. Yesterday, it became human. If that thing has been around, how come nobody's ever seen it? I think we have. You see the size of that thing? We changed its DNA. Survive this. A smart hit, adrenaline rush, first-rate, heart-pounding, and Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up, way up. Mira Sorvino, Jeremy Northam, Josh Brolin, Charles Dutton, Giancarlo Giannini, F. Murray Abraham. Mimic. 
so judging from that trailer that you've just witnessed, we are going to be covering 1997's Mimic. We're in the 90s. Woo! Finally. <laughs> We're out of the 80s for now. Yes. And I am Mark, and the voice you just heard belongs to... Bobby! Yep. And we are here to discuss director Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. Which is strange because at the time of seeing this movie, I had no idea who Guillermo del Toro was. Um, well, I'm the type of person who doesn't really pay attention to the directors anyway. Now, okay, so you're, you're talking about at the time. So how did you see this, Rob? Was it like in the theater on <clears throat> videotape? Um, mm -hmm. Well, the I let me see, 97, I probably watched it later like after it got out of theaters and was um was on like hbo or cinemax or one of those channels the like the premium channels gotcha okay because i remember so this was the 90s um and i'm pretty sure that i purchased the dvd really okay yeah, I think I purchased the DVD. It was like a blind buy kind of thing. And I was like, holy cow, this is a really cool movie. You want to hear how behind the times I am on things? I didn't start buying DVDs until probably 2001. So I was buying VHS tapes all the way up until the early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I'm not judging at all. I, re the only, I remember distinctly, so Target had, if you bought a DVD player, you would get three free movies. And, you know, when this whole started, there weren't like a large thing, to, you know, catalog to choose from as far as the DVDs. But I remember for a fact they had Scream, Wes Craven's Scream. Mm -hmm. And I think there were like two other horror movies. And um, <clears throat> you could also send away with a player, particular player. There was a, like a, a coupon thing inside you sent away and you got two other movies. So it's basically you bought that and you got five free movies in total. Um, nice. So I did that because I really wanted screen. And now, so I remember this was that. around the time when DVD players were pretty expensive, right? I, I don't think it was like, I mean, yeah, they weren't like cheap like they are now, but it wasn't like at the very beginning where they were like thousands upon thousands of dollars or anything like that. Because I, I was able to buy it at Target. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, they were fairly new. I mean, they were still kind of a newer technology. I think that was the whole premise of giving you the free movies and everything to get you to buy into it because it was still so new. Yeah, that I know that uh, VHS tapes were very cheap at that time. So I was buying them from Blockbuster for probably maybe $10. Um, and I would go through VCRs like crazy. So I would constantly be spending like $50 to $75 on a new VCR. Um, and plus, I used to love to dub movies like after I rented them, I would dub them onto other blank tapes. And that's how I got my VHS tape collection. Oh, gotcha. OK, because yeah. this, this sounds horrible, but there was a time way back when where things weren't really coming to DVD that were on VHS. I mean, there's still some things that are in VHS that have never made it to DVD, let alone Blu-ray. But I was excited when I had found a. Um, like a dvd player um like vhs combo and you could play the vhs and then record onto dvd i remember those 
yeah, I, I was very happy when I found that. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, there was, a, I, I think it might have been Sony, but there was a television that came bundled with an actual, there was a VHS slot on one side and a DVD slot on the other side. And it was an all-in-one kind of TV thing. Yep. I'm pretty sure, I don't think I'm lying to you, my son, I bought one for my son. I think it was that combo. If not, it was the one or the other combo. It was like the TV with the VCR or the TV with the DVD player. But my son did have one of those combos that I bought for him. I remember when he was younger. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Room. Yeah. It was like oh. this nice little 12-inch television. Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I remember, <laughs> I remember when DVD was so new that you could actually keep up with the um, <laughs> gay porn that was coming out. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, cause it was such a new technology that like everything, there really was a time when you could be like, oh, okay. There's like, not just like, you know, uh, pornography, but like other titles, it's like, you could easily have, you know, purchased everything that was coming out that month or whatever. Oh yeah. A while for it to like, you know, just go gangbusters with everything. It wasn't this direct to DVD type thing. You had to wait a while for it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they were very picky about what they were putting out. And then you got some companies that are like, are we going to just go with the new stuff? Are we going to, you know, go with the tried and true titles and, you know, see how that goes. It was very interesting how they played that game. Yeah. Whereas now it's like everything is readily available all at once. Oh, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you talking? I'm sorry. Are you going streaming? Is that what you're talking about? Not just streaming, but, you know, within the past 20 years, I think uh, things have gone direct to DVD pretty quickly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every now, there's still those things that are in limbo um, that, but it's way more older titles. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, I don't know why you've not seen the light of day, but yeah. 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 Things now are just so, and then, oh, and then the whole like digital download, that was like a really big selling point too. Oh yeah. Before ultraviolet went bust. Yeah. That's so funny. I, so (laughs) this movie mimic that we're going to be talking about eventually. um, (laughs) We're going to get to it. I promise. Um, So this particular iteration that I watched was a Blu-ray that I had purchased used from this store that I love. It's called the record space. Um, and I opened it, and there inside of the used copy was the ultraviolet uh, digital download. And I thought, <laughs> there's no way that the person that owned this didn't use it. Lo and behold, it still worked, and I was able to download it to my Voodoo account. Unbelievable. Isn't that weird? I'm it like, is. Oh yeah, so God bless that person who left that for me. Thank you, whoever you are out there. You know what's weird? So did Ultraviolet go directly to Apple? Because everything that I had purchased with uh, Blu-ray and digital download is uh, now in my Apple uh, Apple Plus or Apple TV library, which is very strange. Oh, that's interesting. I don't. All I know is this one went to Voodoo. I didn't. I to be honest with you, Apple's made me so so mad <laughs> that I rarely use it. I just got everything that I purchased just kind of disappears randomly off Apple. So I'm like, I they're like my. They're dead to me. Yeah. Well, I hope that doesn't happen with Amazon because there are so many movies that I purchased on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. that it's yeah. like, if I lose those, I'm going to be so pissed. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you could probably still find the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants in some other format. 
<laughs> or divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood. Exactly. Yeah, they're out there if you hunt for them, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> that's just, that's the whole digital thing that really does kind of get in my craw after a while. Yeah. I think but, we spoke about that before. That mm-hmm. If you buy something, you should be able to own it for life instead of if uh, Amazon or Apple loses the licensing for it, then all of a sudden you no longer have a movie that you paid for. Well, like Apple told me, it's still yours. We just don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, like that's. It, it, if your dog dies, it's still your dog. It's yeah. just not alive anymore. Yeah, it's just not in this world any longer. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, should we should we step down from our uh, soapbox? Yeah, let's uh, stop being old guys. And <laughs> okay, all right. So, really quick, um, I was with you when I saw Mimic. I was not aware of um, of Mr. Del Toro's uh, filmography, really. Um, but honestly, before this one, the only thing. Um, even now that I'm really familiar with is he did Kronos. Did you ever see that one about vampires? No, I didn't, but now I'm going to have to check it out. Very interesting. It may not be what you're thinking, like as far as just a straightforward vampire film, but it's really interesting. Um, I recommend that one. Um, He also brought us the devil's backbone from 2001, which is really good. I recommend that too. Um, And then his blade, his his sequel to blade blade two from 2002. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Don't forget. Um, and are you a Hellboy fan? Oh, definitely. Absolute Hellboy fan. Uh, okay. Fan of the comics first. And then when the movies came out, it was like, mm-hmm. fuck yes. Yes. All right. And then uh, he did the Hellboy in 2004 and then some things off that. Um, Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. Love it. Love Pan's Labyrinth. Now, because I know you're into anime and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to, but are you a fan of Pacific Rim? Eh... I'm kind of iffy on that uh, that movie. I mean, I love it and hate it at the same time, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Um, but he was behind that one. Um, unfortunately, I rented the wrong title and I once again got an adult film, but that's okay. Pacific um, Rimming. <laughs> Pacific Rim. Um, and then he did the Crimson Peak from 2015. Didn't he do the one with that little girl? Um, where those things came out of the dark, like those little gnome things. He, I know what you're talking about. That was a remake of the awesome TV movie. Don't be afraid of the dark. Oh, okay. I think he produced that one. He produces a lot of things, but I don't oh, believe. He directed okay. That. I thought he was completely responsible for that. Yeah. I think he uh, just produced it. I'm that was a sure. cool movie though. I really enjoyed that. Now, have you seen the original TV one? No, I didn't. Okay. I think I shared the story with you, but that's the one I was watching when there was an actual earthquake. And my grandmother's closet doors, they were sliding doors and they slid open right during the scene when the little creatures were coming out and it scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) No, you never shared that with me. Oh God, it was horrifying, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, like talk about an interactive experience. It was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You were watching it in VR headset before the Pretty much. It was horrible, horrible. And then I'm curious about this one. Have you seen The Shape of Water from 2017? No, that's one I have not seen. Okay, because it's a creature feature kind of thing, too. Okay. That's why I wanted to know what you thought of it. Yeah, I I did see, like, kind of the previews, and it reminded me of Abe Sapien from Hellboy a little bit. Very much so, yes. Yeah. I can see where you say that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I've drank water before. <laughs> you drink water? Fish fucking that, man. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. So that's Mr. Del Toro. So we will... Um, I guess get into the heart of the movie now. 
Let's rip the heart out of this movie. All right. So, oh, and now, uh, dear listeners, we may have watched different versions. My Blu-ray was the um, Del Toro director's cut. Yeah. So as we go through this, we, Rob and I are going to have to kind of feel ourselves out and see if we are talking about the same version or if we are talking about different versions of Mimic. Well, we know that your movie has a significant longer runtime than the one that I saw. Yes, exactly. So here we go. Okay, so mine opens with, uh, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go to the movie anyway. So mine has, I'm sorry, (laughs) there's a snowy (laughs) opening. There's a snowy opening and uh, there's all sorts of like uh, scenes cut together. So you've got like, um, there's a voiceover. It says like an eight-year-old boy was dead on arrival and the death toll's reaching a thousand. There's all these photos of kids intercut with bugs. and then they're talking about the epidemic and there uh, is a, a cause for concern with the center of disease control. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not caused by water. It's not airborne. And there, there's like um, scenes of like a, like a praying mantis insects and all these little bugs pinned down to things like they do in uh, like entomology studies would go. Um, then we get like a snowy playground. And they're talking about Strickland's disease. And we see a hospital ward with all these children like lined wall to wall on each side. And that's where we're first introduced to Dr. Uh, Susan Tyler, who's played by the ever awesome Mira Sorvino. Mira Sorvino. She must have been about 30 when this movie came out. I don't know, but I know I love her. And I basically love her like films basically from right around this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, I was just remembering like... <clears throat> Um, I think I saw most of her movies all in one shot, I think, because I remember Romy and Michelle's high school reunion and yes. then seeing the replacement killers. Yes. Um, and so it's just like, I think I was totally Gaga for Mira Sorvino at that time. I was too, in a different way. But yeah, I loved her. And I also loved her. We talked about this before, but she did Spike Lee's Summer of Sam from 99. And that's great too. I, I just love her so much. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, yeah. Now... I just really quick. Uh, she's uh, the daughter of Paul Servino. Don't know actor. who that is. Okay. So he was in cruising from 80 from 1980. Um, and they were both in the stuff. She was just uncredited, but they, uh, from 85, uh, he did Dick Tracy and then Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Did you ever see that one with, uh, um, Claire Danes and, um, DiCaprio, Leonardo. Oh, that uh, that really uh, futuristic kind of Romeo and Juliet one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that. Okay. And then um, I think we talked about this before, but he was in Repo, the Genetic Opera from 2008. Forrest Whitaker. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I did not. I didn't know okay. who that guy was. Yeah, but that's her dad. Okay. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, I just went real quick because I love her so much. Anyway, so that's she's Dr. Tyler. Um, and then um, from there, we basically have her kind of in the sewer and she's in her little hazmat suit and they're releasing these roaches in an already ro- roach infested like kind of sewer system. Well, they're not. It's uh, to kill the roaches because they find that the cockroaches are the carriers of Strickler's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, it's a variation of mantid and termite DNA, I believe. Exactly. Correct. You're right. The, You're right. The Judas breed. The Judas breed. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and then it's like the, the, they release this like foam kind of stuff from there. 
they secrete it and then all the little roaches run to it and then it kind of kills them. Yeah. It's deadly. So it, it attracts them. Yes, right, exactly. It brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Their milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, so we move on to the apartment uh, of her and her husband, who is, um, he's a, a doctor and he works for the CDC. And that is uh, Dr. Peter Mann. And he's played by Jeremy Northam. Yeah, I have no idea who this actor is. Okay, so I had to look him up and I only know two films by him. Um he was in Happy Texas from 89, no, 99, um with Steve Zahn. I'm a big Steve Zahn fan, so I saw that one. And then did you ever see The Invasion? Um it's a it's um one of the Invasion of the Body Snatcher movies, but this one had Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig from like 2007. I probably did see it, but I barely remember it. Yeah, well you're thank you should be thankful for that cuz it was like <laughs> to me, by far the worst installment of that like whole like franchise, if you're going to call it that. But yeah, it was. I remember just being bored to tears in that movie. I'm like, for what this is and what you're giving me, it should be so much better. Yeah, um, I probably shut it off after maybe like 20 minutes. Yeah, but anyway, I saw the whole thing in the theater. Um, <laughs> but a little, a little bit of hot gossip. Apparently, she, me, Amira, and this gentleman here, Jeremy, did not get along very well. Oh, yeah. I actually have that in the notes where it's uh, all three, Guillermo del Toro, Mira Sorvino, and Jeremy Northman could not stand each other on the set. I did not know that. Yeah. So it, apparently it was like a, a little triangle of hate instead of love. Oh, because I'd, I'd also read that, well, and also uh, Mr. del Toro had kind of a, uh, hard time seeing eye to eye with the Weinsteins who mm -hmm. produced this and that Mira is actually the one who stood up for him with the Weinsteins. Really? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll move on anyway. So she is, uh, in the, her apartment with, um, with Dr. Mann and that's where we kind of meet them and they're in the tub together, both, both fully dressed, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> Played by Peter North. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. And then, so now we fast forward three years later. Are you with me still? I am with you. Okay. Is this all making sense to you on your end? I'm really curious how they're different. Uh, actually, it's, I thought it, uh, after she released the bugs and they were doing their little foam thing, I uh -huh. thought, I thought the little lettering came up and it said three years later um, at that point. And then they're in their apartment because I thought that's how they, Dr. Uh, Susan Tyler and Peter Mann met while she was releasing the Judas Bugs and the CDC was like a, like a joint operation. I don't know. That's just kind of how I put two and two together. Okay. Interesting. I don't doubt it because like I said, we got two versions going on here. Yeah. Um, so three years later, we've got a priest up on the roof of, roof of a church and he's kind of running from something and he jumps to a scaffolding. To get away and then falls to the ground and hits his head and he dies. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a tremendous death scene. Like right yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. On a can beginning. of paint, no less. Right. Exactly. Um, and the movie's very wet to me. It's a very wet, drippy movie. It is. Yeah. It's very dark. It reminds me a lot of like Gotham City kind of, uh, you know, oh. that whole aesthetic there. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. To me, it reminded me. Did you ever see Stigmata with a uh, Gabriel... Burn I and, did. Yes, I love that movie. Yes. 
yes. But it's like the wettest apartment ever to live in. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. Okay, that's cool. I'm glad you like that movie. That's awesome. Um, and then that's where we see Chewie, who's a little boy who kind of lives across the street from the church. Yes, uh, a little autistic boy. Yes. Or neurodivergent. Neurodivergent. Oh, I hate these new words that come out, I tell you. Uh, and he's played by Alexander Goodwin. Yep. And what... I don't see what else this Mr. Alexander Goodwin has been in. No, I thought I may have recognized him from a couple of other films, but he was obviously not the other, not the actor I I confused him with. So he, he, the only thing I know him from is this movie here. Mm, yeah, same. Yeah. Um, and But so the um, whatever was attacking the priest makes this weird clicking noise. And he copies and, it with spoon. Spoon, yes. man. Yep, exactly. <laughs> And then uh, the boy refers to him as uh, Funny Shoes, Mr. Funny Shoes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what I also thought was cool was like the Dustin Hoffman moment where the, the kid can just look at your shoes and say what size they are and um, yes. what brand and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By Dustin Hoffman, you're referring to Rain Man. Rain Man, yes. Not Tootsie. No, not Tootsie. Definitely <laughs> Rain Man. <laughs> All right. And then, um, so he's introduced very quickly, and then we're back at the museum, and we have our couple, which would be um, Susan and Peter, and they're eating lunch, and um, they, uh, they're they talking about, it's it's clear that they're trying to conceive, and, um, and so they just kind of throw that out there to give the audience a little bone, kind of yeah. a little seat in their mind. And what did it, what did he give her? Like, a, she said it was a, the, oh, the urine of um, nuns from some kind of thing. Like, I, I can't really recall. The urine of Italian menopausal nuns. Okay, there we go. Yes, I, I knew it was urine and nuns. Yep, yes. <laughs> Which now I think, isn't that just an energy drink? Yeah. And, the, and he says he's had to walk around with ice in his uh, underwear for three weeks or something like that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so Which I do the same, but I didn't know it had to do with fertility. Yeah. Who who would have thought? Who knew? Um, so now we're back outside the church and we realize that uh, her husband actually works for the Center for Disease Control. Yeah. And this is also where we are uh, get to meet the baby Josh Brolin because he looks so right, young. A very fucking young Josh Brolin. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when his name came up. Walt's like, holy cow, Josh Brolin's in this. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that. And then I put two and two together once again. I was like, oh my God, that's Cable. Oh my God, that's Thanos. <laughs> oh yeah. You just keep going down this rabbit hole. Exactly. Well, and to me, it's like, oh my God, that's the offspring of the gorgeous, gorgeous James Brolin from Amityville Horror. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That's uh, that's beyond my years, I guess. Wow. Have you seen the Amityville Horror? I have. Okay, okay. So we can continue being friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, I like in the movie that his name is also Josh because it makes my note-taking so much easier. Um, <laughs> right, that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. And then really quick, you've already mentioned like he's Thanos, you know, and he was Cable, so he's got all that Marvel money coming in. Mm -hmm. But he also has DC money. Did you know that? No, who did he play in DC? Jonah Hex. That was him. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought that was another actor. Nope, that was him. But that also means that he was with Megan Fox, who uh -oh. was from Jennifer's Body, which I love Jennifer's Body. Yeah, that was a good movie. I don't like Megan Fox, but, you know, I got to no, say. No, I love Jennifer's Body. 
I don't dislike her. I just, she's kind of just there for me, but I love Jennifer's body so much. Well, she, um, she's a real weirdo. That's what I don't like about her. Oh, see, weirdo. I'm, you know, I'm a weirdo myself, so I'm not, I have no position to judge. Well, there's a good kind of weird, and then there's the the weird kind of weird, you know? Did you just say Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and then, of course, I guess going way, way back, he's from the Goonies in 85. No way. Um, yeah. And then Nightwatch. Did you ever see Nightwatch from 97? Nightwatch. Is that the, uh, the like, the demon film or... um. Like there's a, a trilogy. It's Night Watch, Day Watch. Oh, and, um, no, I know what you're talking about. No, this one, uh, it's like a mortician and it, uh, things kind of get out of hand. It's uh, good. good. Now, I might have seen it. I just really don't remember. Okay. And then he was in Hollow Man, another Paul Verhoeven film. Oh, I love Hollow Man. Kevin Bacon, all the way. Yes, Kevin Bacon. Um, but closest to my heart, because I'm actually rocking a tattoo from the movie, he was in Planet Terror. 2007 robert rodriguez planet terror yeah i love cherry darling and i have a cherry darling tattoo in the style of a, a, a it's gone now now are so you joking or are you serious oh no i am not joking i am <laughs> dead serious no you you um the um uh i'm drawing a blank on it she's from scream um she dated marilyn manson i forget her name too but Rose i know McGowan. you're talking Rose McGowan yes in- Planet Terror, her leg is removed and she's got the gun. Okay, so do you have her with the gun leg or do you have her I just... Do. Nope, with the gun. Okay, okay. On my leg, yep. That's rad, man. Holy shit. Yep, nope, I've got that. Yep. So anyway, that's him. <laughs> that's that's Josh Brolin. <laughs> I seriously, I, I am having a hard time believing you. I'm just Oh like, no, I, I swear to you. you. Like, I swear to you. You've got the I tattoo of Cherry yeah. Darling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Holy yep. shit. Okay. Done in, done in Sailor Jerry style. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Wow. I had it done at Cheap Tricks Tattoo on Grand. I don't know where that is, but I'll take yep. your word for it. Yep. I did. I'm not lying. I would not lie about Planet Terror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then so they're outside the church. And now this movie does have its share of jump scares. I will tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. It's extremely well-placed jump scares because it's such a dark film. Right. It's not like they're just throwing a squirrel or a cat at you. No. (laughs) That would probably be easier. (laughs) Right. But it does have jump scares. Um, And this is where we find out, you know, as they're investigating this guy, the priest actually basically ran like a sweatshop in the basement of this church. (laughs) And, you know, I thought they were the first time I saw this, I thought they were making fun of Asians because they said yellow fever. Oh, and and then they they open up the church and underneath in the basement, there's like a sweat house, a sweatshop back there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're making fun of Asians. Okay. Yeah. The more you get into this, the more I think it really was um, Guillermo trying to make comments on the way that. Like people are treated in society. And things like that, because originally, originally, Mr. Del Toro did not want um, Jeremy Northam. He actually wanted uh, Andre Brower, an African-American actor. Um, He was in The Mist and The Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, both of those movies. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I know I've heard the name and I've seen both of those movies. Okay, and he he also did the Poseidon movie, the remake with uh, Fergie. I didn't see that movie. Okay, but anyway, so I'm really jumping the gun here. But he wanted um, an African-American actor 
to portray the the husband to Mira because he wanted to show a more diverse family unit. Oh, the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. I'll Andre Brower. He was okay. the captain. Okay. All right. Now I, I got you. Uh, he okay, he played the gay police captain in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So you ha- you did all that just to get to the gay thing. <laughs> That's where I remember him the most from. I mean, when you brought up the mist, I was like, you know, kind of almost there. But then, like, I remember him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I've never seen it. So I, again, I apologize to everybody because anything I reference is stuff that I've seen that I enjoy. Yeah. So, well, I've no, that that's just how I draw parallels between. No, things. that's good. That's what you need to do because I want you to know who this is. But anyway, yeah. But the Weinstein shot him down like basically at every turn when he tried to do stuff like this because they're like, you know, America's not ready for a interracial couple. Shock. How stupid is that? But anyway, yeah. So that's where they were. That's weird. Like they weren't ready in 97. Right. I know. It's like, whatever. I mean, I was teaching. No, anyway, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're going to move on. Um, But yeah, so that's who he actually wanted uh, Andre Brower for that role. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So, but that's when we realized that the priest was actually probably not the most uh, Christian person in the world. (laughs) No. Um, Keeping these people down there. And that's also where, um, we get the first glimpse of the whole like ceiling feces. Yeah. The shit on shit hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they are like, we got to shut this down. We're going to quarantine everything. Um, and, and of course, like Josh Brolin is kind of the, the one liner joke guy where he's like, you know, see the world, uh, do this. And like, I can't remember the exact quote, but like he throws yeah. a few one liners throughout the entire movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but this is also where that poor Chinese lady is on the gurney and they actually have to have another um, uh, officer kind of translate, but she's repeating the same line and it's basically dark angels are coming to get her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I thought that was very sad. This poor lady was, you know, after all that had gone on and she was concerned about this, I felt sorry for her. Um, and then this uh, scene flips and we're introduced to another uh, cast member. And this is, uh, Rennie and Remy, sorry, Remy. And, um, that is played by Alex Cor Coramze, Coramza. Yeah. I can't pronounce that. I'm not even going to try. Um, now Rob, have you heard, this is the one I'm so excited about. Have you heard of mad at the moon? No, I haven't either. It's from 92. It's a werewolf movie and she's in it. Uh Oh, we're going to have to watch this. Oh, we are going to end talk about it. So yeah. we need to find Mad at the Moon from 92. But she was also with Josh Brolin in Nightwatch, what we just talked about. She was in Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. Oh, geez. And, and The Haunting from 99. Did you see The Haunting, the one with Lily Taylor? Uh, and Zeta Jones and the Owen with the broken nose? I probably, yeah, I probably did see that. And she also reprised her role in Mimic 2 from 2001. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Remy and uh, Doctor, not Doctor, she's not Doctor, I'm sorry, she's an entomologist. Um, but um, Susan are carrying in these giant larvae uh, into the bottom of their, their work. And they meet these two kids. And uh, the kids basically supply them with like different insects that they catch for money. And I wrote down dealing bugs, not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Did they remind you of the two kids from the Kindred? 
Uh, no, but they reminded me of the two kids from the relic. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Because I was like, oh, the kindred. I, I, don't, I, I don't remember kids in the kindred. No, that's what I meant. Yeah. So basically, they weren't hurt in the relic. Now we know what happened to them. They just came and started collecting bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, okay, we, you know, we've been to Chicago. Let's go to New York. Right, right. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, thank you. I got. I always need adult supervision to keep me on track. <laughs> uh, so basically, yeah, they supply them with bugs, but they've got this cereal box, um, cornflake box with the, this weird bug inside of it. Um, and then yeah, we also what, get like, oh, go ahead, Rob. What did they write on the inside? Did it say special bug or did it say weird bug? Weird bug. Oh, weird bug. Okay. But, and I meant to do this and I did not. But they changed the name from Kellogg's. It said Brenner's. And I was wondering if that had anything to do with anything because it said Brenner's cornflakes. I was wondering if that was like a wink and a nod to something. Wow. I was reading Kellogg's in, in the movie I saw. I don't know. Maybe it's just a mind thing. Yeah, it's covered up. It said Brenner's. Okay. So I, I meant to look into it and I couldn't, I didn't have a chance to. Um, but uh, um, we also get shots of it, like a man in the rain watching from below yeah window and Um, then i like how um the the atmosphere like she kind of sets the pace of things because she's like come here take a look at this and she's like you know there's only there's only one male in the colony and that one fertile male in the colony and he mm -hmm. gets to like procreate with the queen and then she's like this is the food pantry where they keep things alive and bugs don't kill unless they their territory is invaded and and we're like getting, you know, the pace setting for the movie, basically. See, in my notes, I just wrote down boring. Boring. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, because that really really was like a way without sounding too like I'm giving you exposition just mm-hmm. to kind of explain everything. Cause she also talks about bugs only kill if their territory is threatened. Yeah. And this is the heart of the colony. Yeah. I thought that was very cool too. Yeah. Awesome. Um and then we get a little bit of Chewy um, outside the police crime scene. He's kind of like drawn to the church. Oh, yeah, because he hears the clickety click clicks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we are uh, back with uh, with Susan, and she's talking about the siren song, and it restores the ecosystem. Yeah, and with I was uh, like during that people. during that whole scene, I was just like thinking, you know, wow, crickets really like to fuck. <laughs> Well, haven't you noticed all those little tiny cigarette butts all around? Yeah, I thought that was people from flicking them, you know, walking by the house. No, that's from the that's little, uh, little grasshoppers. Oh, smoking after sex. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's also where she, that damn cereal box, she opens it and there's like that jump scare. Yeah, that scared me. I've seen this movie before and that still scared me. <laughs> Walt was only halfway paying attention. He's like knitting a scarf for my, oh, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> getting a scarf for someone for the holidays um, so he was only half paying attention and i like screamed and he like click <laughs> hopefully he didn't poke himself in the eye or right. <laughs> um but anyway and like dr Ty- or, uh, dr tyler susan she's like we got to go find those two kids because this is something like i've never seen before um and yeah then- she didn't so she looked at it and she didn't recognize that that was the Judas bug that she created. Like that, that didn't sit right with me, you know? But you know, Rob, I'm thinking it's been three years and you thought they were sterile. Yeah. So I think that's probably not the most, that's not where your mind's going to go first. 
I'm thinking. Okay. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And like, a, it could be just me like nitpicking things because I'm like, you know, she genetically engineered this bug. She spent time looking at them and knowing, knowing like their biology and all this stuff. And it's just like, okay, this is a slightly larger version of it, but probably looks the same, doesn't it? Or maybe well, not, you know, through, uh, like what, what do they say? Like a thousand generations um, right. in, in yeah, over three you, years. Yeah. I think you just answered your question. Cause I've got here. I said, she removes the big ass baby bug. She's never seen the baby part. Okay. And then she pins it down and then the foam comes out. And I think that's kind of where it clicks with her because she's like, oh, wait a minute, this foam. Oh yeah. All right. I, yeah. I forgot about I that think part. That's kind of when she's like, oh, wait a minute. This is kind of making sense to me. Yeah. All right. And then we still get the man outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rob. No, is that the time where the where the uh the so-called man flies up through the window into the apartment, or does that we come work, later? We are working our way there. Um okay. yes. She but I don't think she's in her apartment. I believe she's at her job, if I'm not mistaken. I think she's at her at her place of work. Okay. Yeah. And then so she's listened to the tape talking about the steril sterility in females, about the insects. And the suicide gene taking mm -hmm. 100, 120 days to activate. Yep. And then the man outside the window is, you know, getting closer. Now he's like actually like up on the same level because before he was like on the street level, but now he's like actually out there. Um, and then um, Susan's like basically doing those um, pH test strips where she's like got one of the old one of the old insect, the, the Judas bug next to the new one she just took. Yeah. And she then does the, the comparison. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's when the man breaks in and you, the wind's like howling and everything. And he's up on the ceiling. Yeah. And it, it knocks the, or it, uh, it frees the baby Judas bug. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. she's on the floor looking for it. Yes, exactly. And I just knew they were going to give me another jump scare, but they did not. No, I really thought they were going to do that. Cause let me tell you the first one, like I wrote um, in my initial notes, it's like waiting for that bug to jump out and grab onto her face like a face hugger from a xenomorph. Yeah. It is like that's that's the kind of jump scare that I was waiting for. Well, when the damn thing grabbed onto her hand. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what the hell? Don't ever touch that thing again. I wouldn't even. I mean, Ooh. I would have some leather gloves, like uh, chainmail gloves or something right. to touch yeah. that. But stupid latex isn't going to save you. <laughs> oh, hell uh. no. No. And then, so we are back outside of uh, Chewie's apartment and we see his father. I, I shouldn't say that. We see his caregiver because it's really never addressed exactly, as far as I can tell, the relationship. Yeah. Like where, um, did, like, did he, did he come over from Spain with the kid or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. yeah the actor actually, oh, I should talk about him, Manny. Uh, the actor is actually Italian. Oh, he's Italian. Okay, I'm sorry. He really sounded Spanish. Yeah, he well, see, and then um again, um uh Mr. Del Toro wanted the um that family to be Spanish. Uh and he pushed for another actor, but the actor actually was too difficult to understand. So they replaced him with Mr. Giancarlo Giannini. All right, um, why am I drawing a blank here? Because I'm thinking of Antonio Banderas. I'm sorry. Antonio Banderas would have been perfect. Suddenly I can't think anymore because all the blood is rushing from my head down. to my head. <laughs> No, but don't you think like, uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas, Banderas is perfect for anything. 
Perhaps it's just because I got a soft spot for the Mexico trilogy. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I have a soft spot for him. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I can't be close to Melanie Griffith anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, and also age that would make him much closer to the boy's age, making him more of a father figure as opposed to like a grandfather or something. Because this actor that plays Manny to me is much older than the boy. Yeah, he's he looks to be a maybe in his fifties. Oh, really? To me, yeah. anyway, I don't know. I thought even maybe older. Okay, really? Maybe you think blind, so? Or maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe I. Oh, I'm not doubting you, Rob, at all. I'm not doubting. You. Like I am not good with judging age, but like he could have been sixty. And like, I would just think, wow, that, you know, that's a good look for 60. <laughs> you know? gotcha, gotcha. No, I mean, he's a very handsome man. I'm not, you know, saying he's like, you know, older Haggard, you know, he yeah. worked for Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee. So whatever. <laughs> um, but he was, uh, he did uh, uh, in Italy, he did libido from 65 and he did the awesome giallo black belly of the tarantula from 71. Now, did you ever see the God awful movie called swept away with Madonna? No. I didn't. Okay, well, he was in the original one from 74. Walt and I just call it Pier One Island because, like, <laughs> like just this, it's so unrealistic. There's, like, all these candles and everything, but they're supposed to be shipwrecked. It's just a joke. But anyway, um, the Madonna one. Um, and he was in Hannibal from 2001. No, I did see Hannibal, but I okay, don't I recall you, him there. I knew you had seen that one. Um, and he did uh, two of the Bond films. He was in a Casino Royale from 2006, and he was in Quantum of Solace from 2008. I haven't saw seen or saw any Bond films since um why am I drawing a blank on names today? Jesus Christ. Sean Connery? Yes, Sean Connery, thank you. Since Sean Connery. Okay. But anyway, I just want to put that out there because I do I do love me a good giallo and something and swept away. I just want to talk about that cuz it's <laughs> the original is is much different than the remake. I would put that out there. But anyway, that's Manny and then we see Manny shining shoes, which comes into play later because, you know, the, the, his, um, what, uh, Chewy, the boy that lives with him is obsessed with shoes. And like you were saying earlier, you know, he could tell you what size and what color and, you know, all yeah. that. From the shoes. Um, and, um, not only that, but we also get a nice, uh, thing about like the introduction to Charles S. Dutton at this time where he's shining the shoes. Right. Or am uh, I? no, we're still in the apartment. We're still oh, in the Jesus! Yeah. Sorry, I, I jumped ahead way far. No, you're fine. Um, and that's where the boys down, or uh, the the man is downstairs, and the and the uh, boys at the window saying, "Mr. Funny Shoes." Mm, okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then um, I need to stop saying um. Uh. <laughs> just say uh. <laughs> Um, now we are back at the apartment of Susan and Peter, and, uh, he's telling her that he would like her to stop, uh, kind of hold off working late at night, um, after the break in where she was at before. Uh, okay. That and, was not in my movie. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if you were right about the Charles S. Dutton thing. Um, no, because the the Charles S. Dutton one happens when um, Chewie is there with Manny, Manny shining the shoes of the officer. And all you see is like 
the foot and then the arm that says uh, police officer or whatever. Oh, that's my next scene after this, after the apartment. Okay. Yeah. So I think what, yeah, what you got is uh, not in my movie. Okay. So um, real quick at the apartment, that's when she's telling Peter about the pH test that she was giving the night when the, um, her job was broken into. And she said it only matches with two insects, a leaf cutter ant that's only found in the Amazon or the Judas bug. And she's, and she's saying that they're breeding. Okay. So the, 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 the sterility thing is not working and these things are breeding. Now we are at the subway where you were just talking about the, the whole shoe, shoe, shoe shining uh, scene. That's hard to say. Shoe shining. <laughs> that sounds like I'm speaking Chinese. Shoe shining. Um, and then, um, so that's, yeah, Charles S. Dutton. Um, he plays Leonard, Officer Leonard, or well, his first name's Leonard. Um, now he was from Cat's Eye. Yep. Um, now he was also from No Mercy. I didn't Dirty see Boy. that, but I remember him from the TV show. Um, I'm, I am totally drawing blanks today. Oh, he was in a, a situation comedy TV show, and I can't remember the name of it. Hmm. Well, No Mercy is the one with uh, Dirty Kim Basinger uh, handcuffed to Richard Gere. And I didn't see that. <laughs> I, it, it's, I love it. It's so much fun. He was also in Alien 3. Oh, yes. He, he played the, uh, the rapist. The rapist. Do you, know what, do you know what his name was? No, I don't. Leonard. No shit, huh? Yep, exactly. Uh, he was in Seven, which I love because. I don't remember him in Seven. Well, anyway, it's got Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. Oh, okay. That's why you like it. Um, he was also in um, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? He did two episodes in 1994 of that TV show. Did you ever watch that? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, shit. I watched those with Tyler. They were more like aimed at kids. They were on Nickelodeon. Okay. But they no, were kind of creepy. I never seen it. The kids creepy show. Um, he was also in, and I like this one. It was a Sylvester Stallone one, and it's called I, E-Y-E. I see you from 2002. Okay. He was also in secret window with, um, Oh, help me now. I'm uh, Johnny Depp in 2004. I think I saw secret window. Okay. Have you seen Legion from 2010? Oh, I have that movie actually. Okay. And then he uh, did two episodes of American horror story from uh, the 2011 season. And now I did see, a, um, I was an avid watcher of American horror, bleh, horror story. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I cannot speak today. There's something wrong with me. Am I, am I having a couple strokes? <laughs> but yeah. Billy, I, Squire, Billy Squire's behind you. He's, <laughs> I, um, I think from 2011 to maybe 2016, I was an avid watcher of American horror story. Oh, okay. Right. So yeah, definitely. Uh, but I don't remember Charles S. Dutton being there. Yeah, he did two episodes, so who knows? He's probably just hmm. like a smaller. But anyway, yeah, he did those. But anyway, that is Officer Leonard. Um, I'm still looking for the sitcom that he was on because that's where I first saw him. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I'll I'll interrupt you with that as soon as I find it. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. Um, so I'm going to continue on while you're doing that. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Peter with the two young boys who brought Susan the bug from before. And they're trying to kind of show them where they found the bug, but they realize that where they found them 
or where they found the bug, um, it's kind of like a like a in, inside the subway. And where they're wanting to actually go to look is locked off now. It's like got like a little padlock on it. And they're looking for the egg case, the Ophica. Ophica? Ophica? Whatever. Yeah, because they, they can get at least 40 bucks for it. Right, exactly. Um, and then uh, the Remy actually escorts the boys off the property. And the police, uh, the, the officer, Leonard, that's getting his shoes shined, um, uh, while he's getting his shoes signed, shoes shined, help me. Are you having a stroke now? Yeah, break into the old section. It's basically like an employee, like locker room. There's like drippy showers and gross sinks and stuff like that. It's a really wet place. (laughs) Very wet. And then for some reason, Susan's drawn to that little like poorly made bracelet that just breaks apart uh, in one of the lockers and the beads drop everywhere. Yeah, and it makes that clicking noise. Clicking noise. And then of course they roll everywhere and uh, 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 Peter drops his flashlight and it rolls underneath the locker. And then we see that the floor kind of like dips down and there's like another whole level underneath the lockers. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, th- th- now this is another jump scare scene. Yes. Yeah. So they're trying, like, basically they're trying to get the flashlight and Susan kind of reaches down to get it. But we see like on that lower level, there's another like person thing. A face maybe. Okay. <laughs> that's getting closer to her hand. Yeah. Um, it's just about ready to like kind of attack. attack. Right when, yeah. Right when uh, 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 Leonard busts in. in. Yep. And that, that saves her mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. Yeah. Because it, it really came in swooping as soon as like her hand moved, like uh, Guillermo del Toro really did a good job of building a lot of tension in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And using like the lighting to the the most benefit, I would say, because the way that things are lit and the way the light glistens off of things, it just gives it that whole creepy vibe to it. And he actually discussed that on some of the um, Blu-ray. He was talking about like the blues and the amber hues and everything and the dark, the play of the dark and light and everything. Yeah. Uh, he, that was very purposeful. I can this really also, see that. Extremely oh, yeah. well made. Yeah. This also, and I don't know if you're even going to know what I'm talking about, if I can explain this well enough. Um, a lot of 90s like horror films had this kind of like hue to them. Like Seven's another one. This yeah. reminds me, like it's very much a 90s look to it. I think it was a, a cinematography secret where a lot, yeah. of, a lot of those films had that whole vibe where uh, it, it just reminds you of like Batman Begins or like even going back into like Dark City or something. Yeah. And then, just... it, but, and then later it even pushed further where it seemed like all the horror movies were almost like green. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> uh, there's I really there are some of them I'm like, I I love this movie. I can't take the color choices you're making or lack of color choices that you're making. Well, I think as technology improved, it was bad for horror because you're supposed to not be able to see every aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So like with the advent of 4K and everything, it just, you can see everything and it does really bad effects with the lighting, I believe. Oh yeah. No, I agree with that. But I, I, but I mean, there for a while, it's almost seemed like around Saw and all those movies, but like everything was just washed out and kind of like sickly green. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking like, about. There's yeah. just no color to anything. I'm like, the world does not look like this. And yeah. just to make 
terrifying doesn't have to be green. Like now that you bring up Saw, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a tangent. And we can go right back to where we were. Um, <laughs> so in, in the heart of the subway, it's super dark. And we got the two kids with flashlights. And they're trying to find the egg casing because it'll be worth $40 to them. And they actually find one. And the one kid's going to poke it with a switchblade. Those kids are dumb. I mean, they are dumb. They are dumb. And that's um, see, that's what reminded me of when you brought that up before about the two kids and whatever happened to them. Well, they uh-huh. finally get what's coming to them. Oh, they sure do. Don't they? Big time. Yeah. yeah. So while they're down there, you're ready to poke it. There's a, oh, and another thing. I'm so sorry. Not only I totally agree with what you're saying about the color, but and, and uh, uh, Del Toro also does really cool things because he's these creatures do like a clicking noise kind of thing. And he does a lot with sound in this. Yes. There, there's a lot of like echolocation type ASMR vibes going on here. Yes. Yes. He does a lot with sound. And that also comes into play in this scene because the boys are down there and they kind of hear this like weird clicking sound and they see this kind of darkly lit individual mm-hmm. kind of a little down the way from them eating a dog basically. <laughs> yeah. And I thought the, the creature was facing them, but it's actually got its back turned, I think. I Yeah, yeah, eating his lunch or whatever yeah. that is. And then I love how the one kid, this is, you have no reference for this, but the one kid, it like falls in barbed wire. Oh, yes. Which I'm like, it's basically like Suspiria where the one girl climbs to the window and just drops into a whole room full of barbed wire, which I love just random barbed wire laying around. For no okay, reason. I didn't see that, but uh, there, you know that part of Saw where uh, the girl... The guy, the girl gets oh, yeah. thrown into the pit of needles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I love this because most people don't go there, but the kids are like toast. And we right. become toast. We yeah. never see that. Like yeah, how often have you seen something like that? Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And like you really hear like a, the noises you were talking about before. You hear like the squishing and the decapitations. And everything. Oh, yeah. No, it's like it's all there. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And that's And I think that directors use that to their advantage because it's like, okay, if you're going to do that, you don't know where the movie's going to go. Right. Like as an audience, you're like, Oh, Holy cow. He showed us that. Yeah. So that means the main character can die too. Right. Exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah. I just thought it meant we might get a naked elderly woman. (laughs) B Arthur. B Arthur for no reason. Yeah. Just, just throw her in there for good measure. I just wanted to jump around the camera like that one, uh, like the one woman did in an airplane that just like boobs for no reason. For a <laughs> Exposition. Right, right. All right. So now this is where we're introduced in the next scene um, to uh, Dr. Gates, who's pretty much just like a mentor to, to Susan Tyler. And that's played by F. Murray Abram. Right. And I know him mostly from because I'm a big Stargate SG-1 fan. Oh, OK. And so he... Uh, let me see here. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed up. Never mind. <laughs> okay, okay. So I know him from Serpico, even though he was uncredited, with the Al Pacino. Um, from, uh, I also know him from The Name of the Rose, With uh, speaking of Sean Connery. Uh, that was from 86. I love Tom Selleck. Shock, shock. But he was in the Tom Selleck movie An Innocent Man from 89. He was with Arnold and Last Action Hero from 93. Okay. Yep. See, he looks like uh, the guy who played Master Braytac from Stargate SG-1, who uh, 
who actually is Tony Amendola. Um, and I got those two mixed up and I am very sorry. I apologize. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> but I thought I knew him. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> uh, he also did Muppets from space from 99. Are you a Muppets fan? Uh, not so much. I used to be as a kid. Well, fuck you. Um, he was in 13 <laughs> Ghosts, the remake, which I really did enjoy from 2001. Okay, yeah, I remember him in that. Yep. And then most recently, he is in uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. He was in an episode of that, which is out now. I'm going to have to look at that because I've never seen it. Is it a show or is it a movie? No, it's a show. And um, it's uh, Guillermo has given, uh, it's like an anthology kind of thing in each uh episode a different director does the show does the oh, episode okay okay they are they are very hit or miss rob really well i, I want to check it out anyway because i'm a fan oh of yeah no i'm not saying no no i'm not saying don't watch it at all i'm just saying like any anthology there are some that i think like hit the mark more than others um so don't watch it and give up is what i'm saying i think i should oh okay yeah yeah that's basically uh, like i was saying it's dr gates and he's uh uh, Susan's mentor and she's kind of talking about like you know what's happened with the bug and how the bug's no longer sterile and you know she's asking his opinion about it and he's saying that life is itself is like kind of brutish and nasty and short and yeah. three years ago he would have said that what she did with the Judas bug was unforgivable but now he's you know kind of feels differently about it and that evolution has a funny way of surviving which is basically the um <laughs> basically the line from Jurassic Park where it's life finds a way, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and then she's like, well, in the lab, everything worked. And he's like, but the world is a much bigger lab. Right. Yeah. Now it's been released. So, and that's a real quick scene with them. Um, I don't, I, it's fine that he's in there. It just all seems kind of like, I'm not quite sure why he's in the film, if that makes sense, that character. Yeah, what was he placed in there for, except to be a type of kind of stern father figure to her? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's almost like everything that he was doing, you know, she could have used her husband for a sounding board or, you yeah. know, maybe like almost combine the Remy character with him in a weird way, you know, just make them one character. I don't know. It's nothing against either one of, you know, the actors, you know, playing these roles, but just kind of seemed like, just an odd introduction of a character. Maybe some things were left on the cutting room floor because remember how um, in uh, in the beginning of the movie where she's kind of doubting whether she did the right thing or not. And then um, her husband is like, oh, it must be that Catholic, must be the Catholic in you that believes that, you know, you're going to be damned for doing what you did. No, I don't remember any of this, Rob. You don't remember that? I don't think it was in mine. Oh, wow. Okay. So, cause when she sees Dr. Gates, he asks her, he's like, it sounds like you're asking for absolution from me. And I was like, well, that kind of ties in with the whole Catholic thing. So, you know, that, that makes a little more sense to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, there you go then. Okay. Wow. So that part wasn't in, in what you said? I'm not saying it wasn't, but I don't, I don't remember that. Okay. 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 There you go. So now it's nighttime at uh, Chewy's place and he's in bed and he hears noises at the church. So of course he climbs down the fire escape and enters the church. Okay. See, now this is, th- this is where we saw two different movies. <laughs> no way. Are you serious? Yes. Because the part where you're talking about like, um, 
or wait, no, 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 you're right. Okay, never mind. I'm okay. I'm on crack. <laughs> okay, all right. So now he's inside the church, and that's where we see like the the, the broken uh, Jesus. Yeah, his the, head on the floor, and then uh, the really creepy statues wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the clicking again. Yeah, and, and he copies it. He he copies it, and then all of a sudden there he's like kind of uh, bookended by two different uh, individuals on either side of him. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought there were more the first time I saw this movie, but it was actually just a couple of them. Actually, that's funny because when I, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I only thought there was one. So you had more and I had less. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was surrounded, but maybe it was all the statues I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. I love that whole scene though, like the wrapped in plastic and it just, that was a very creepy scene. I, I really liked that scene a lot. Yeah, and the the statue, like the beheaded statue Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. like, uh, the, the cross was actually turned upside down and the head was on the floor. Yeah. No, I thought it was very, very yeah. cool. So they were, they were doing some things with that. They were like, okay, there was religion throughout this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, the whole thing I thought was very well thought out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so now we're at the, uh, Willop, Willop, Philip E. Flanagan water treatment plant in New, Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. And the settlement tank is clogged. <laughs> so of course that means they have to put a guy in the water to clean it out and i do not like things in water at all <laughs> and you know the guy isn't the guy in the water uh julian richings uh doesn't he play death in the supernatural series oh maybe maybe i'll i'll, I'll give you that one i did not write I, I, honestly i have given you backgrounds on everyone that i'm going to give you backgrounds on Okay, so I don't well. know. After that, we're good. Or is he the one from Star Trek, Rob? <laughs> no, he does play Death in Supernatural. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then so um, we're back at the apartment. of. Uh, oh, wait, and- wait. Um, oh. Bef- bef- I just wanted to do a quick little thing. Like, this is my first introduction into Norman Reedus, a very young Norman Reedus. I'll be that. Um, okay. Who's this? He's uh, Jeremy in the water treatment plant. He's the one who finds oh. the bug. Okay. All right. He's the one that works with Rennie. Yes. The band there. Okay. All right. Now, who's he? He, uh, well, he's most known for the Daryl in The Walking Dead. Sorry, I'm having oh. trouble. Oh, I'm... okay. Um, he was also I... in Blade 2. He played uh, uh, Scud in Blade 2. Okay. And I also believe he's a very uh, talented artist as well. Painter. Probably. Yes. He's uh, friends, friends with Marilyn Manson. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much all I know. Oh yeah. Jer- Norman Reedus. He was also in Boondock Saints. Oh, okay. My son maybe watched that. Yeah. That's uh that's more of like a crime movie where these two brothers start uh, killing people that are bad. Like they go after mobsters. It's basically the Punisher, but with brothers. <laughs> Yeah, he was dating a girl who like was really into it at the time, and like they broke up like two days later. And I'm like, you made me watch that just for her. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that this was the first time that I had actually seen Norman Reedus in a movie that wasn't like Blade Two or you know Boondock Saints kind of thing. That's cool. And he's like super young here too. Much like Josh Brolin. Yeah, much like Josh Brolin. That's funny that you said that because I remember watching this thinking he looked familiar, but okay. I think it's probably for Daryl from The Walking Dead that, that like struck a chord with me. 
Yeah, because okay. I didn't notice him at first. I noticed the voice and I was like, that sounds just like Daryl from The Walking Dead. And then I look and I was like, oh shit, Norman Reedus is in this movie. Because <laughs> so, he does not look like he does now. He looks super young. That's funny. I love that they're still acting in like the genre too. That's yeah. Cool. All right. So um, are you good with Mulan? I don't want to shut you down. No, nope, I'm fine. I just wanted okay. to bring up the Norman. Reedus oh, that's movie. awesome. Yeah. No, that, no, that is awesome. I love this stuff. Uh, so we've got uh, the uh, Peter's in bed and um, Remy actually calls for Susan, but Susan is in the bathroom taking a pregnancy test that clearly she didn't study for. Um, not only that, but she sets a timer. And then what the hell? All right. She set that uh, cooking timer. Mm-hmm. And so when the cooking timer went off, she just gave up on it completely. Yeah, because she said the test is negative and she's like, sometimes they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she actually throws it away. Now, why did Peter take it out and lick it? <laughs> it's okay. This is where we saw two different movies. Oh, was it two different versions? We saw it. <laughs> no, he did not lick it. Um, but he does mention that uh, they're going to have the subway thing today and she should be there. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're back at the plant with Remy and uh, Susan and we're with uh, Jeremy. And that's where we find out that he's in the band. So that's why he decided to contact Remy in case they find anything weird in the water. And they basically, it's not a child's body, which is what they thought it was. And I thought it was going to be one of the two kids. Yeah. Or I was actually wondering if it was going to be Chewy. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's, That's what I was thinking. But yours makes more sense because they were actually kind of like down there. But I, in my mind, I just thought, oh, is it going to be Chewy? Um, yeah. But he actually thought it was the body of a lobster, which I loved. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's if it's got more than uh, four legs, then it's, uh, it's a lobster. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, and then at the apartment, Peter actually does look in the trash. He does not lick the test, but realizes that it's positive. Really, I now see. I would have uh, picked it up and licked it like a lollipop. See? Yeah, that's, anyone's want to do with a pregnancy test. Yeah, whether you know the person or not. Right. I mean, what right. else are you going to do? Right. Exactly. Uh, but then we also get uh, Manny and Chewy's apartment, and uh, Manny's going to find Chewy, but there's no Chewy to be found because he creeped out the night before to go over to the church. Hmm. And now we have got uh, the locker where um, Peter and Josh are in there with a permit with uh, Leonardo or no, like, yeah, Le- Leonard. Sorry, Leonard. I, no, I, I thought you were going to say Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> no, I was doing the turtle because they're in the sewers. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> he does kind of look like a turtle. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. Um, Leonard, because they have a permit now to be in there. Um, and this is where he's talking about the subway. The the uh, subway actually goes down several stories. Yeah, to to an older station, I guess. Yeah, yeah, to an older station. And then we have poor Manny calling the police, who are actually no good whatsoever. Um, Any, uh, you know, the police are like, you know, calls back in forty eight hours. And then we see the uh, all through the film, like uh, uh, Chewie has been making these like little sculptures. Wire, yeah, and um, so he picks it up and he's like, Mr. Funny Shoes, yeah, exactly. And then he actually heads down around the back alley and enters through a grate to the bottom of the uh church. 
Why didn't he just go in the front like the kid did? I think because the kid actually crawled through a window, and I don't know if he was big enough. To, if his size uh, uh, didn't allow him to do that, I think. Oh, I thought like the the boards were like easily removable. I don't know. This is just oh, me I, thinking out loud again. Right? I do not. You may be right. I don't know. I'm just going with with what I. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, and then now they're getting like deeper down into the subway because we're back with Peter and, and the officer and all those guys. Um, and uh, uh, Leonard is actually talking about like Overcoat Slim and Long John and Hobo Land and all this kind of like different mythos that they have uh, among the uh, uh, homeless people who live down on these levels and everything. Yeah. Who knew hobos were that good at cave paintings? Right. <laughs> Apparently when they got nothing to do and all that time on your hands. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like a, he makes them, he makes them out to be this really like um, these Morlocks that live underground and they don't know English. So they kind of created their own language and their way of describing things. Well, so Del Toro was saying he wanted very much to show that okay so the book this was based on you have to take out all the science stuff that was all the weinsteins doing oh okay okay Mm -hmm. and in the book it was basically just cockroaches evolving to be the next life form on the hierarchy of evolution no shit i didn't even know there was a book wow okay that makes more sense so the, the the scrawlings were very important to Del Toro's story to show that they were like coming up with their own language and that people were actually recognizing these creatures as being part of their um, reality, part of their existence. Mm-hmm. Like they were integrating themselves more and more into their world. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense than all this sciencey stuff. That that was all again the Weinsteins, according to Del Toro. He was very diplomatic. Um, you know, Rob, I, I don't know how you feel about the movie, if you're a big, big fan or not. But if there's any way that you can get a hold of like the Blu-ray cheap or if you can just find these like uh, interviews and stuff, they are very interesting. Like I would highly recommend people like sitting down and giving these a watch if they're fans at all of the film. Because um, he tries to be very honest, but also remain very diplomatic because he's clearly not a fan of the wine schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, I read one thing where he was at the Oscars with James Cameron <laughs> and he said he wanted to get up and like hit him with his own Oscar statue because he was just gushing over the wine stains <laughs> and Del Toro does not feel the same way about them. Um, actually there was an article, it was uh, published in October of 2017 and it was called, um, Harvey Scissorhands, six films ruined by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. I was just going to bring that up cause oh, I'm looking I'm right at it. I'm it's, sorry. Uh, no, I meant just the just the title, Harvey Scissorhands, and oh, like yeah. how many films that uh, Harvey Weinstein ruined. Exactly, exactly, in careers. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just especially for a director like of this caliber who is such a visionary that had to have been so hard to just listen to these arbitrary for no reason things. Right. It's like you've got a script, you've got a vision for something, and then you've yes. got a couple of brothers telling you that, no, we want it this way. Yeah. For no real reason. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like America can't handle, you know, seeing a, a, a different race couple or 
you know, you've got to have science to explain this just because evolution won't make sense to everybody. That's ridiculous because it's it been like the interracial thing has been done a thousand times over even before 97. Oh, gosh, yes. One of my favorite alien movies. What was it called? I think it was called The UFO Incident with James Earl Jones. And uh, I forget the other actress's name. But it was based on a true story. And they were an interracial couple. I remember watching that as a little kid on TV. Yeah. And what about of it? I mean, what <laughs> what you make of it anyway? Anyway, yeah, you're not I'm making not a big smaller. deal out of it. No, I don't it's not know. a big deal. <laughs> anyway, uh, but there's the wall carvings, and um, that's when uh, Susan actually calls Peter down there, but the reception's so bad they really can't understand each other. Yeah, something um, about noontime, and like that. that's all I can remember. Yeah, she's supposed to meet them on the platform at noon, but he's also trying to tell her that she's pregnant, and uh, he would like her to pee on more things he could like. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad we're on the same page. Right. And then we also have Manny down there searching, looking for uh, Chewy. And we see that he's got a straight razor <laughs> and we hear the clicking noises. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I'm thinking it's not Chewy making those clicking noises, Manny. You're no, that does, deeper and deeper into bug land. That does not sound like spoons being hit together. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got um, Walter, um, uh, I think it's Dr. Gates, um, Dr. Walter Gates. Uh, he's back in his classroom, and then Remy shows up with some specimens from the water treatment plant. And they're looking through it, and he's like, the organs are perfectly formed and functioning. Um, it's not a random mutant. It's a soldier cast. Yeah. Yeah, formidable killer, and it's part of a colony. Part of a colony, and that's where it's like, we are brought back to the sewers and you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, they've made the sewer, the, uh, the subway tunnels and the sewers, their colony. So they're kind mm -hmm. of like termite, gigantic termites, gigantic termites. Exactly. <laughs> and then we've got, uh, Susan arriving at the subway up top, but the gentlemen are all still below. And now they're smelling the awful smells. And they're like, it smells like ammonia. It smells and like, <laughs> it smells like ass with mixed with ass. <laughs> sprinkled with ass. And then, of course, I like how they ask the officer if he's ever seen anything like this before. He's like, no, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> like, must be an elephant ass motherfucker. Climb up on the wall, hang one of these from the ceiling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then um, up top, we've got Susan with Polaroids. Yeah, and she uh, she's kind of put piecing them together like a puzzle. Uh-huh. And she folds the one and she kind of puts it together. And it forms. Some, a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> a giant neck tattoo. <laughs> now, okay, I have to mention this. Um, this is the part where there's a jump scare with the subway noise as it goes by. It totally, to me, harkened back to uh, Val Luton's Cat People because there's a whole scene um, where the woman's walking uh, and she thinks she's being... Uh, kind of like stalked by a cat, a big, a big cat um, that the woman's turned into. And then the bus comes up and makes a noise and it, it's a jump scare. But I'm wondering if that wasn't an homage to that film on Del Toro's part, because it's, it reminds me so much of that, of the use of noise and everything for, for a scare. Um, but I just want to put that out there because cat people's amazing and Val Luton's amazing, but I just, it reminded me so much of that. I'm like, this can't just be Captain Stan. No, I'm going to have to see that. And like you said, there are several films that do throwbacks to like the foreign films or the ones that came before it. 
Yeah. And then this also reminded me of America of Werewolf in London because suddenly she's all alone on that platform. Yeah. How does that happen so quickly? I don't know, but she's all by herself except for that one man. Yes. <laughs> what we're going to air quotes, yeah. air quotes. Yeah. She's like, do you have the time? And I'm like, no, he does not have the time. He's got the time to kill you. He's, he's got the time to make some weird clicking noises. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, that's when we get the full like bug reveal, basically. Yeah. And, and I still I love it because you don't see all of it clear as day. The lighting was done just right. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's very dark. Yeah. And I'm sure some of that was for, you know, to cover the CGI because none of this, I don't believe, is really practical for the most part. I think that would be pretty difficult. Oh, it'd be so hard to do. Um, but, you know, I, it's, it's, the CGI is good for what it is, but I, I'm sure the, the lighting had to do with mood and atmosphere, but also to kind of cover like what might be kind of dodgy or whatever on their part. Yeah. And it, it's good uh, that the CGI is not overused. No. And it's, I think the fact that it's basically like bugs or roaches lends itself well to, as opposed to, because at that time they still didn't have hair down real well, like fur, Mm -hmm. but like the, like the exoskeleton of bugs and things they could handle that really well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was shiny, you know, it's uh, easier to pull off. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it was moving quickly, like Mm -hmm. the wings flapping. Yeah. So you could handle that pretty good. Um, so now we're back down in the uh, under underbelly of the whole place with Josh and his shaker light. Um, he's cutting off feces samples. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I could have been a dentist. I said, I'm not going to look inside other people's mouths. Are you crazy? Right. And that's where we get another one of those little, uh, the little cutest bugs, the little baby ones. And the, uh, the officer stomps on it. Yeah. Leonard has to go and do a stupid thing like that. Yeah. And then the scaffolding kind of that he and, uh, Peter standing on gives way and they topple to a lower level now. And they're kind of like cut off from Josh and he's got to go back and get help. <laughs> he's like, are you crazy? I don't know how to find my way back. And so the, right. uh, now is it the doctor or is, does Leonard actually draw him a map? No. Cause they're down below. He's kind of trying to draw it on that glove of his and they're just giving him directions because they're too far down. Oh, Leonard, okay. I, Leonard throws up his badge. He's like, just tell him Leonard sent you. <laughs> I couldn't remember who was drawing what, where. Yeah, no, he, Josh is trying to like draw it on that stupid like blob that he's been wearing. Okay. Yeah. And then we get Susan like waking up unconscious in a really drippy part of like this sewer or subway thing going on down there. And now you can't say dirty Kim Basinger anymore. Now we, we've got to say dirty Mira Sorvino. She is like filthy. <laughs> She's totally filthy. She, she looks does not look like she just needs a bath just because of her skin. <laughs> she looks like she's been mining for coal. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's been working in a coal mine with Devo. Working in a coal mine. Rolling down there. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, now we're gonna have to pay for that. Um oh shit, yeah, we are royalties. Right, right. Uh and then she I love that where she sees the deca- uh the uh, decomposed corpse. So, you know, they've been at this for a while down there. Yeah. And see what I thought at first when she got taken was that they realized that she somehow had a part in creating them or so they were, they were claiming her to be the new queen. But then I hearkened to the beginning of the movie and I was like food pantry. Oops. (laughs) Okay. I knew I fucked up right there. (laughs) 
Oh, I see. I never went with the queen thing. That's okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Like I never would have gone there. That's. See, I that's guess that I was just wishful there. thinking on my part, you know. You wanted to go like a whole different. Yeah, way. it's like a sex, uh, sex suddenly, movie. Suddenly, we're in a hentai. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, so she pulls the pull out of the corpse, but we also get to see that the priest body is down there too. So they drug him away because where they couldn't find the priest earlier on. Yeah, they pulled him through the sewer. Yeah, and so that's where he is. They stored him down there too because there's that little thing where his crucifix is glistening in the light. Yeah, luckily he was already dead when they pulled him through because I mean. Ugh. Oh yeah, that was uh, a very gruesome scene. Yeah. And then so she uh so she stabs the bug, but then she goes back down the grate and lands on that little platform, luckily, because it clearly plummets further down that. Yeah. Now that's where she hides for a while, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And then we get Josh heading back, but he hears a noise behind him. And he and uh the noise what uh, uh is behind him, but he also sees those egg casings. Yeah. Yeah. And he and realizes to, that he's inside of the colony at that point. Exactly. And he starts trying to crawl up back. And so basically he's trying to crawl into the sweatshop underneath the church. Yeah. He's reaching for, I thought he was reaching for the electrical wire so he could electrocute the bug, but he was actually just trying to get a grip so he could pull himself up out of the hole. Exactly. Um, and he kind of gets it, but not in time because the bugs get him from underneath. Oh, Jesus Christ. They fucking bisected him. Yes. Yep. Yes. Poor Josh um, Brolin. I know. I know. Um, and then we get, uh, so Susan has like, she's like looking up at the grate. And then we see Manny, Chewie's, Chewie's guardian, looking down at her. So yeah. They, holding his little yeah. uh, flame. Yeah. His little mm-hmm. torch. Yeah. And then uh, we're, so now basically all the action pretty much now we are just contained to the, the, the lower level of the subway. Yeah, we are deep in knee deep in the shit now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we're in Bugville. Um and then we got Peter and uh uh Leonard looking around. There's all those creepy mannequins, which mannequins are creepy anyway. Yeah, mannequins are fucking weird. Yeah, and then uh we got Peter's broken glasses and he's got the magazine from the or the newspaper clip or no the whole newspaper, not clipping, but the whole newspaper from the forties. And then they start like inner fighting with each other. I love that. Yeah. Because Leonard, he doesn't really like them. He's just going along with it because he has yeah. to. I know. It's le- like Leonard's got a really shitty day because, and literally, a really shitty day because of these people. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hear the noise approaching, but like, he's like, Josh. And then he's like, no, wait, Josh wouldn't be coming from that direction. But that's when Manny pops up. And he's like, your lady needs help. Yeah. And I and thought Leonard him. was going to shoot the guy. Because he he was very jumpy, you know. Yes, he was very jumpy. Yeah, he was very jumpy. Yeah. And then we get Peter saving Susan, but there's a bug below kind of coming up as she's coming up out of the grate. Yeah. And they, oh man, I'm telling you, they, Guillermo del Toro did a great job of building tension in this movie because oh, yeah, I was so. pulling at my nails when like, I was like, get out of the fucking hole, get out of the hole now. <laughs> That's why I you said know? you got to wear socks when you watch these movies, Rob. Oh, uh, no, I was actually pulling my fingernails. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, I have that bad habit of picking at my fingernails. So, oh. <laughs> uh, And then, so they take off running, and that's when the, like, the bugs chase them, and they run through, um, like, the, the doorway hatch. And then they, like, slide the doorway halfway on them, so they kind of cut them in half inside the subway car. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and of course it's not dead. <laughs> oh hell, it's never it never is, man. Never. No, is. it's never dead. And uh, our uh, poor Leonard gets kind of like stung by like the not stung. What would you like attacked? Yeah, like does it have the praying mantis hands where it kind of just yes, slices yes. at him? Yes, yes, it does. Oh, okay, so it kind of yeah. gets him, cuts his leg open. Yeah, and then he fires off a couple rounds into that. Um, <laughs> I think he emptied a whole clip into that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's when she flips it over, and she's like, "It's got lungs," and she's like, "Insects don't have lungs." Yeah, that's a. It's what limits their size is not not having lungs. Yeah, and she's like, "It's changed its DNA." Um, it's involved to mimic its predators, which is us. It's going to Im- uh, imitate and infiltrate. Yeah. And then she puts the two pieces of the shell together and it shows like a human face. Exactly. Yes. And did it, was it me or did that not look like Danny DeVito? Total Danny DeVito vibes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. Um, <laughs> and then um, we got them. The bugs are like, kind of like, uh, well, for, well, wait, Manny freaks out about all this. And then Leo starts like goading him on. Yeah. He's like, you tell her, movie. you tell her, Manny, like, how could yeah. you create these things that go against God and blah, blah, no, more God stuff, you know? Yeah. And then they figure out and the bugs start attacking from outside and they're like, the blood is driving them crazy. Yeah. The, the insects are in a blood frenzy. Yeah. And then so <laughs> they break open the bug and like rip parts of them out and start rubbing them all over the window, cracks the window and then like their body, which is disgusting. And like that totally reminded me. Uh, like I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. And so like when the whispers came or even before that, when Rick is uh, smearing the guts of the zombies on himself to walk through the horde, um, it just brought back memories of that. I was like, so that's where the Walking Dead kind of got this thing from. You know, you if you don't smell like them, you're going to be food. So you better smell like them kind of thing. Yeah. Or gay bars are like that. too. <laughs> oh. uh. So then Leo's got the idea that the, the actual car that they're in is a CR-17 from originally from Coney Island. He's like, this thing is going to work. Like, if we can get it powered up, it's going to take us to the surface. And at first, Susan's going to go out there and Pete's like, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to take Manny and you're going to stay here with Leo. Yeah, he doesn't want to let on that he knows she's pregnant and she doesn't even know. Right, exactly. And then he licked the stick. Um, <laughs> Because he's like, do you have to pee? It's like, oh, man, if, if ever you got to pee, just use my face. And he's like, don't you have to pee? Are you sure you have to pee? You've been down here a long time. <laughs> a little bit. You're drinking a oh, lot of water. No. <laughs> I'm so joking. I don't know why I'm going off on this, Dan. <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway. Um, it's quality content. Quality, 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 quality content. Um so they take off, they split up. Manny is actually heading to like the, I guess, power box upstairs or on the main level they're on. But Which, he's yeah. got to crawl underneath to the wiring. And it's weird because I thought he forgot about Chewy, but he actually left to go look for Chewy once more. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, um, so he's out there and then Manny kind of hears Julian and then Susan's watching from the car out the window. And then, so Peter's underground and he lights the little match. Oh, oh wait, this is important too. She's also says, don't sweat because yeah. that will wash off. 
their scent. Right. Don't um, any they they'll notice immediately any chemical changes. Much like a gay bar. Um, <laughs> much like a gay bar. So so he's down there and he's trying to remember, like, do you put the, the green with the green, the blue with the blue, and it's dark, and he's got the lighter. And then with the lighter, he's like face to face with the bug face. There's another bug right down there with him. That creeped me the fuck out. Oh, yeah. That's... And then, oh, oh man. Ugh. So he's sitting there, like, the way he's sitting, his legs are like open, and the bug's leg, just that sharp pointy thing goes like kind of like right between like where his crotch is. And you hear like the sound of a blade being struck. Yes. As yes. it's walking. And then the thing just basically like crawls across him and just moves on. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't sweat. He would have been fucked. No, right. No. Well, doesn't he even have a part of it. And he rubs it back on him again. Like he left with part of the bug body. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He, he wipes yeah. himself with it a little bit more. Uh, uh. So, um, and then uh, Susan's trying to figure out the tracks actually lead to Penn Station. And she's like, if they do, they're going to migrate out and up and they're going to set colonies up everywhere. Um, because she's like, the females are darker and they have wings. We got to find the male. Yeah, like they, she said, the male was a lighter color and it doesn't have wings or something like that. Yeah, the, the females are darker and they have wings and the male is lighter and it does not have all right, and there's only one, so they, they don't have to there's go looking for a bunch yeah. of these things. And he's hung. He's hung. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we get the inside with Manny, and then he sees Julian. And then Julian's like, says, says the bugs are friends. And we're like, no, Julian, they're not, because the bug attacks Manny. Mm -hmm, and chops him the fuck up. Oh, yeah, right in front of poor uh, Chewy. I said Julian, Chewy. I'm sorry, I have Julian in my notes. Chewy, in, in, in front of poor Chewy. I think I said Julian. Morgan. Yeah, I was wondering who Julian was. I was like, huh? Sorry. Chewy. <laughs> Chewy. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Susan kind of hears the kid during the attack. So she leaves and um, just tells Leo to meet her at the end of the platform. So we got Peter and he's using his glasses to kind of short the, the, the fuse and the light comes on in the car with Leo. And um okay yeah i'm just trying to follow along here am i bad at this no it's just my notes i kind of jumped forward a little bit but or did you because you watched a different one yeah and that might be it yeah but okay yeah and then like the only thing i wrote after um after mira sorvino finds uh chewy see i don't know the kid's name is his real name julian no it's chewy it's oh. totally chewy. Okay. i i it, so I did my notes and I could not actually tell what they were calling him. And I thought it was Julian. Oh, okay. I've been thinking, no, it's not. It's totally chewy. It was just me mis mishearing what they were saying. Okay. Yeah. So like what I've got for this, it's like, is it just, is it me or is Mira Sorvino getting dirtier as the movie goes along? <laughs> oh yeah. They like really filthy to rough. Yeah. Like at the, like by the time I'm seeing it, it looks like she's in full blackface. Yeah, she's like really filthied up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and once so, again, like the bugs are in a frenzy because they're scraping their claws against the door to the train. Oh, yeah. They're like totally. Yes. Yes. So um, Susan has found Manny's rosary in a pool of blood. <laughs> and <laughs> Picks um, it up. Chewie's like very frightened. He's kind of like backing away. And you're like, you know, is his 
Is his mind state where he doesn't trust anyone now, or is he going to you know, run from her? But he actually takes her hand. And then we see Peter kind of coming up from his like underground, whatever he was working on under the, the tracks. And so he's got that going. And then um, Peter wants in, but Leo's like, he's like, no, I'm bleeding. You got to go away. He's like, he's like, you can't come in. I'm bleeding. And then um, Susan and Chewie start hearing the clicking, like they're surrounded by these bugs. Yeah. And then Peter joins them. And then I thought this was odd. They, I don't know where the blanket came from, but they have Chewie turn around and face the wall. And then they make like sweet love. (laughs) Again, that was in your version, not mine. Oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) No. Uh, So Peter joins them. And then, um, Leo realizes that the bugs are have like entrapped them in that little room kind of thing. And he's pretty much got to sacrifice himself if they're going to make it out of this alive. Yeah. And I think that's where our oh, wait, no, no. She had already talked about like, they got to find the mail and they've got to put yeah. an end to him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he, yeah, he makes the ultimate sacrifice so that they can kind of get the hell out of there and survive it. So it's if it's not the horror trope of the African-American dying first, it's the horror trope of the African-American uh, sacrificing himself for the white people. <laughs> for the whites, yep. <laughs> That's what we got going on in this one. Yeah. Um, so they they see a dumbwaiter and he gets Chewie in there and then Susan's in there, but Peter decides not to join them. He kind of locks them in there and then sends them on their way so he can kind of stave off the oncoming bugs. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, he pulls them up and he kind of like locks it in place, like wraps it around something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, during this time, is another very tense moment because we have uh, Mira Sorvino, or Susan, sorry, and Chewie trying to get the hell out of the uh, little dumbwaiter thing um, where Chewie is easily gets out because he's so tiny. Whereas yes. Mira Sorvino has to like work hard for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing that, that how, how that whole scene is shot and plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we also have the bug crashing down from the skylight. Yeah. The, the male, the, uh, the alpha male, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you see the size of that thing between his legs? Oh, like, that, really that was like, even for a bug. I mean, that was a big one. Oh yeah. He was a hung bug. He, he, um, he had then, quite so, the stinger. He did. He did. And then so Peter's on the run and he seals himself off in this like kind of like a almost like a like a steam room kind of thing, like with pipe, steam pipe room, um, except he does not realize that up above him. It's basically, like you said, a colony of all of these female insects on the ceiling. Yeah, because he well, he I made the connection like the same time he did when I saw all of the egg sacks. Yes. And then yeah. I, you know, he looked up at the ceiling and I was like, oh, fuck, you just yep. wrong place, wrong time, pal. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Um, and then so he gets the idea that he's going to bust these gas pipes, releasing the gas and then light it with his lighter and just blow everything to kingdom come. I- including himself. Yeah. Including himself and his unborn baby that his wife doesn't even know about. Um, no, I'm joking. I don't think he planned that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he was like, I want you to have an abortion. <laughs> and he's like, one more lick for good luck. And he has that stick and he pulls it out and licks it. Um, <laughs> no, so, but he drops the lighter. It lands on the grate. And then before you know it, 
it falls from the grate onto like a like little tunnel underneath that's just full of water. Yeah, we get uh, your favorite thing, more water. More water, <laughs> more water. Um, and so Mira is uh, out looking for the boy. And then the bug actually drops between her and the boy. So the, the bug stands between her saving the boy. And then we get Dave striking the uh, pipe with a, like a metal, like kind of wrench thing. So the static from that, the metal on metal actually causes a spark and fire blows up everywhere, basically. Yeah. So apparently Guillermo, this actually happened to him. Um, we're like the, the scene where like the, the subway and everything or uh, the, not so, the sewer, like fire shoots out and everything. Something like this similar to him happened in his life when he was younger and that stuck with him visually. And that's why he put this in the film. So he was actually blown up in a sewer? Uh, no, like in, uh, as a child, there was an explosion underneath his town and it caused like fire to shoot up out of the sewers. Oh, okay. I got yeah, you. So that visual like stuck in his head. Well, it was perfect for like the grand finale. Oh yeah. It was great. It was great. So anyway, so, um, <laughs> so she's looking for the boy and she gets the idea to cut her hand with Manny's rosary. Yeah. So, cause the, the bug's actually going for the boy, not her. Um, she cuts her hand. The scent of the blood is too much for the, the male bug to resist. He turns, <laughs> she takes off running towards an approaching subway car. She dives out of the way. The bug gets squished on the windshield. Pretty much. And then gets torn apart underneath the train. Uh, but then I'm thinking, I hope to God that Chewie had the wherewithal to step out of the way. That's what I was thinking. I was like, the kid was standing right in the middle of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been so distraught that he didn't move. Yeah. Right. But luckily he was behind a girder and he was saved. Then we get the firefighters up above. um, And then we get the news teams and the police are deployed to kind of wrap things up. And we see uh, Susan and Chewie on the gurney. And then uh, Dr. Gates, Walter pops up and, He's like, they swept the area twice. Everything is burned. Nothing could have survived. Um, won't you marry me? I've always loved you. <laughs> if only, right? I mean, right. The dreams then, of an uh, old man. The, dream, the dreams of an old man. And we see Chewie with the wire, and he's talking about shiny wire, and making, starts making another statue. And he's like, mountain boots, 10, brown. And yeah, and I really Peter. thought he was going to say, Mr. Funny Shoes. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, but no, it's Peter. He's coming up out of the subway walking up you know a tender hallmark moment mm-hmm. yep and then the couple are reunited and we're gonna have a baby and then there's chewy hugging hugging them as well yep they're all fucking hugging now i want to talk about that so the couple are hugging each other and then chewy comes up and hugs them yeah in the alternate ending it's more like they pull chewy in oh really okay Yes. Um, so it's more like they're welcoming him, him into the family, whereas this one's more like, hey, don't forget me. Yeah, this one's more like, I I love you now because you yeah. saved my life. Yeah, it, and it was very, to me, it was, a, they were, it was saying two very different things almost. And right also, oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. No, go, go, go. 
No, you can go before I uh, before I get in with my little rant here. Oh yeah, no, but just and I I believe if I'm not mistaken, this wasn't particularly the ending he wanted either. Like he really wanted to show, okay, we've got because in his mind the African American uh, person married to the Caucasian person, and they would take this Hispanic child in under their care was more representational of what society was moving forward. It wasn't just your typical everyone's white. It was more an integrated society. And he really wanted to show that with his ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I'm sorry. Um, Now, what I was thinking, I found it a little hard to swallow because knowing that this kid is, uh, I'll use the word neurodivergent, Uh um, knowing that he is the way he is, he would not be so quick to like accept this uh this new family or these people you know especially when he almost had a meltdown um right it's it's just not really believable and so then like that seems a little forced at the end right there where he's like i'm gonna hug you now i think that they already knew him like i kind of think they were neighbors oh really Yes, I think they already knew him because they acted like, I, I think that they were maybe not the best of neighbors, but I think they were all from the same neighborhood and they kind of already knew him. Just like Leo kind of knew Manny already. Oh, wow. Okay, see, I was of the school of thought that, you know, the uh, Mira Sorvino and her husband kind of lived uptown somewhere and they just came into that neighborhood because that, that was like a CDC zone. And then all of a sudden they happened upon all of this craziness going on. I think if you go back and watch it, there's a couple of things that kind of allude to they, they, they at least know of these, each other. Okay. Like they've already existed in each other's world. That makes a bit more sense then. Yeah. Also, I'm also thinking you've seen your only caregiver murdered in front of your eyes. (laughs) You've also seen this woman basically pretty much risk her life for saving you. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if those kind of things wouldn't come into play where you're like, I'm kind of all alone in the world. These are better than nothing kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But see the, a person like him wouldn't think that way really. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Going, don't. going realistically. I mean, I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm just thinking, oh, no, 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 Rob. I told, no, no, I'm, I'm not trying to be either. No, 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 no. No, I see what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying. <laughs> because, like, honestly, there was a, a woman who used to live next to me had a kid who was, like, basically on the non-functional end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he didn't know you, he would kick you in the face. Right, right, right. So yeah. it, this kid was pretty much almost there, but not quite. So I was just thinking, I was like, uh, you know, it's not really believable that he's going to hug somebody like that because he never shows any affection throughout the entire movie. So it's just like, you know, okay, we know what his kind of boundaries are, you know? I think the roaches were a catalyst for his breakthrough. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's po- That's quite possible. Again, I'm probably being too realistic and my inability to suspend my disbelief has destroyed another movie for me. (laughs) No, you're fine. (laughs) I do like though, that you have chosen to believe that the bugs can look like humans. 
I've chosen to believe they can look like humans. Well, in a dark, in a dark alley, they can look close. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm so glad I said that. Um, so I believe in the book. Oh, I hope I got this right. In the book, Del Toro was saying that he, the, the, um, the, the male actually does not die. He forms completely nude male. He puts a finger up to Mira's character and just says, leave. No, are you joking or are you serious? No, and that's how he wanted the film to end. And the wine scenes were like, no, that's not scary. That's fucking terrifying. What do you mean that's not scary? Yeah, they were like, no, that's not scary. But that's what he wanted. Oh, shit. So it was like, yeah, they're here. They're they're already taking over. You can't stop it. They are going to be the next on the evolution. Like, they've already mastered, like, the look. They've got the language. They're yeah. already they're already among us. Okay, see now I I have to read this book. Now I don't know if I now Rob I don't know if I think it was from the book, but I know that's how he said he wanted the movie to end. But they were like, no, that's not scary. No, that is scary. That's actually scarier than the ending we got. Oh yes, very much so. I thought yes, very much so. What I feel that we got was a. Uh, Hollywood ending where you leave and everything is just fine. Yeah, the happily ever after Hollywood ending, right? Yeah. No. No, but I think, like, especially knowing that most of Guillermo del Toro's films have a very dark aspect to them, and it's like... um, even the Even the heroes are kind of villains to somebody else, and so it's... You know, even in Hellboy, it's like that, where it's Mm -hmm. like there's a gray line that gets crossed over quite a bit. And so that would have made perfect sense if it was like, you know, this is the end of the movie. Well, look at what you just said. Is is Susan a hero? If you think about it. Not really, no. Right, exactly. Look what she's like, delivered onto the planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, kids, uh, kids were dying because of cockroaches. Right. But who's to say that, you know, that wasn't nature taking its course? And Exactly right. And she's just, yeah, mm-hmm. and she's out of the process of them taking over. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of yeah right right but yeah so anyway because i could go on about this forever would you recommend the movie fuck yes this movie is great yeah it's very um it's very well done i would almost be curious to see how they would do the effects now like how oh. different like, would the bugs look a lot different? Would they stick with what they did? Because a lot of them kind of reminded me of Cronenberg's um, The Fly. Yeah, it did. Like yeah. they had that very, um, what was it? Claymation kind of insectoid look. And, and with me, it was like just the shape of the face. Like it, I don't know, like the, uh, just the way it was designed. The design, the creature design reminded me a lot of the design of the fly in certain parts of Cronenberg's movie. But yeah, no, I liked it quite a bit. I really did enjoy it. Um, I would definitely recommend this to people. I think, I think they would enjoy it, especially if you're fans of, and I know it's like not typical del Toro, but if you're fans of his, you can still see him coming through this, I believe. Oh yeah. He leaves his mark everywhere on this. Yeah. Um, even though it's like his hands were tied behind his back, it sounds like as he was doing it. I still think it's Del Toro. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it's kind of interesting to see uh, him doing it under such adversity. You know what he was able to create. Yeah, I know, right? He, he's like, I okay, I still refuse to be constrained. This is this is my vision, and uh, you know, it's some a lot of it's going to shine through, even though you're kind of tainting it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Well, and everyone involved too. It sounds like it wasn't the best working environment, maybe for everyone. No, it sounds uh, like it sucked ass. Well, apparently, uh, the the Jeremy Northam guy was very difficult to work with uh, as well. Yeah, on, on, on other projects. From what oh, I on other projects, okay. Yeah. So you know, who knows? I mean, uh, maybe with everything given, we got like something awesome. <laughs> All things considered. Oh, see, okay, what I just found. The roaches are called the Judas breed, and there's a lot of Christian imagery scattered across the movie. But it doesn't amount to much in terms of meaning. It's probably there because Del Toro likes creepy religious imagery. Now, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, Catholicism and shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But Or you wonder, like, I mean, just to play the devil's advocate, how much more would have been fleshed out had he been left alone. Maybe, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. This was released the same year as Starship Troopers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Holy well, shit. I, they- the, now, actually, the, it's not a book. It's a short story. I should say that it's a short story, and the author is Donald... A. Wolheim, W O L L H E I M, Wolheim. I'm going to check that on Amazon now, right? Uh, Donald Wolheim. Okay, yep, I found that. What's the name of the short story? Mimic. Huh? Mimic. Oh, it's called Mimic. Okay. Yep. It's called Piss Stick. It's called Piss and Pee on a Stick. Pee on a Stick. Oh, it's in a collection of short stories by him, actually. Yeah. He's got an entire science fiction collection, not not unlike Edgar Allan Poe or um, Lovecraft. Cool. There you go. Oh, now, would you consider this sci-fi? Would you consider it horror? Or do you consider it like a fine balance between the two? Yeah, I would say it's a fine balance between the two. If, if actually, if uh, Del Toro had his vision of like, having no science involved, I would say this was just a straight up horror movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I would really love to see like him just here, go make it again. Yeah. Like what if he did the Zack Snyder supercut type thing? And uh, it was like a three and a half hour movie of just like his entire vision. (laughs) Um, I don't even think it would necessarily have to be longer. I think it would just have to be so different. Yeah. it, It would be very different. I think. I mean, because like, look at every, like, if you took out the science angle, look how much more of this would have to change. Yeah, it would be cockroaches that uh, evolved into like this basic, the next, uh, the next top dogs on the planet, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, they probably wouldn't be down there looking for this bug they altered. No, they, you know, they would actually they so would be trying to fight against it or, or uh, yeah, yeah, figuring out a way to coexist. But I know that we tend to eradicate things that we'd like to coexist with. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. 
No. Well, good. So this is a, a thumbs up, or what would it be? A cockroach leg up from both of us. Yeah, six cockroach <laughs> legs up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, so next week, am I correct in saying that we're going to be doing Blade? Oh, yeah. We're just, you know, we're getting right into that. We're going to be visiting the world of the Daywalker. With Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords, yes. Yeah. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Uh, and then if they want to contact us, which I wish they would, uh, uh, we can be reached on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Yep, or through email uh, at mmccpod at gmail.com. You know, just feel free to drop us a line. Let us know what you think of the show, the way we do things. Um, you know, let, give us your movie recommendations. I mean, what's on your list and what would you rate this movie? Oh, yeah, we would love to hear that. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, reach out and touch us. Reach out and um, touch. <laughs> all right. And then so you should be catching this on a Friday. So have a wickedly wonderful weekend. Yeah, and uh, don't, I was going to sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite, but these are cockroaches. <laughs> don't let the cockroaches invade your cereal. Oh, gross. Why would you go there? Gross. Oh, because I'm re- I'm remembering Creep Show and that guy who like hated yeah, roaches. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then stay spooky and remember to join us next time because the more the scarier, folks. <laughs>